Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Social Marketing Academy. I am your host, Christopher Tompkins. I'm really excited uh, about today's episode. I'm always excited because I love talking to my friends and uh, my uh, partners. I have one a goody one for you today. It's my good friend, Brenda Christensen. Uh, she is a PR marvel. Oh my God, you got to hear her, uh, her resume. It's like outstanding. She's going to give you some really, really great PR advice on this episode. And we're going to answer some of your hot burning questions that you have sent through via social media. Thank you for all of those. So I'm going to bring tell you more about Brenda and then bring her on so you can all meet her in just a minute. But for all of you that are here for the first time, welcome. You're coming back. Thank you for coming back and watching and listening to us. The Social Marketing Academy comes out once a week, every Thursday evening. Um, but don't worry about watching our stream. You can catch everything on demand as well. If you subscribe to our podcast channel, our podcast is available everywhere that you get them. Overcast, Apple, Stitcher, wherever you like to listen to your podcasts, we are there. And also you can see the video component of this, our live conversation. Um, and YouTube as well, Facebook and other places as well on social. If you have a question that you'd like to have covered in a future episode of our show, I want you to get in touch with me. You can get in touch with me by going to my agency's website, which is the Go Agency. The Go Agency, we are a digital marketing agency. Um, we have lots of different services. If you're interested in anything digital marketing, give me a shout. But if you have a question that you'd like to answer, have me answer or have one of my guests answer in a future episode, please go to the website, gosalesandmarketing.com, click on one of the links in the upper right-hand corner, and then DM me, tweet me, message me, comment, whatever you like. I really want to hear what you want to learn about. Um, all of these episodes of the Social Marketing Academy are built almost like a kind of like an FAQ on different topics that can really help you understand how you can utilize this for your own business, no matter what industry, no matter what level of understanding that you have. Everything that all of the people that are going to be coming on and we're going to have as a guest on the Social Marketing Academy are members of my extended network. So they are all people that I trust, that I've vetted and I've worked with personally. So they all, I know that they all have really valuable things to offer in terms of information and expertise. So that's what the show is all about. So please take a look at the archived episodes as well. Lots of great information there. Also, while you're at gosalesandmarketing.com, don't ignore the blog. We have wonderful articles that we post there on a regular basis on a myriad of topics, digital marketing. So you can definitely learn a lot um, and level up your understanding. Also, there's a free e-course right now on a pop-up. Go ahead and grab that if you're interested as well. There's lots of freebies there. Please take advantage of them. So let's get into today's show. We're going to be talking to Brenda Christensen. Now, Brenda, 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 we've worked together on many projects, but let me tell you just a little bit about her, okay? Brenda is the CEO of Stellar Public Relations and a world leader in public and investor relations, branding, funding, and corporate guidance with direct attributable growth worth over millions of dollars. This is truth. Brenda, with her over 30 years of experience in high-tech corporate communications and public relations, successfully helps prestigious companies and startup businesses to create and manage their global messaging campaigns for more returns and profits. 
She's an absolute dream to work with. Uh, the, the, the results that she gets for companies are phenomenal. I mean, just for some of the companies that we're collaborating right now, she's, she's helped them win major, major war awards that have really leveled up their public perception. But I have tons, I know that you have tons of questions that I have calibrated and ready to go. So I'm just gonna be, bring Brenda on now so she can join us on the call and, uh, and you know, welcome her on to the Social Marketing Academy. So um, she's connecting right now. Here she is. Hi, Brenda, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. No problem whatsoever. Um, I was just telling everybody all about, uh, all about you, all about um, your uh, history, you know, just to kind of help um, people understand what you do and what your specialty area is. What can you just explain a little bit about your experience in your own words? Sure. Um, I like to explain it um, from, to people who have no idea of any marketing concepts or anything. And a lot of people understand actors and celebrities from Hollywood. Mm -hmm. So I tell people I'm like an agent, but I work for companies instead of <laughs> instead <laughs> of celebrities. Yeah. I help make companies famous. And it's the truth. I was saying, I was saying as part of your intro that we're working on, we 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 collaborate on lots of different projects and and I, uh, you know, just it's been amazing to see you help companies win these major awards that have just like helped them level up their credibility and visibility in the public space. It's so it's it's really it's a it, I'm excited to hear your answer to some of the questions that the audience has posed. <laughs> so okay, let's jump in. Let's see what we got here. Um, let's see what we got first. Okay. Oh, this is a good one. <laughs> How can I stand out? from the noise. What say you, Brenda? Yeah, and, and not only the noise, but attention spans are minuscule. You know, right? I think it used to be, right? It used to be a minute, now it's down to 30 seconds or 15 seconds. You get about 15 seconds, right? Yep. To grab someone's attention. Um, you know, it's interesting. There's just been a sea change, you know, as part of this pandemic. Mm -hmm. And um, I've also I've always been a believer in authenticity, mm -hmm. right? And I think that's more important now than ever. It used to be more about flash, you know, think Kardashian, you know, just yep. to get someone's attention. But you really need that follow through, you know, you need that credibility. Mm -hmm. So um, I think having authentic voice is really important, not only because that's what stands out now right is people are looking for sincerity and truth um and and there's a lot of skepticism rightly so you know as a result of uh you know the news media this year we've been in an election cycle yeah. <laughs> to say the least mm -hmm. um so i i think that um you know you have very little time to grab someone's attention but once you do now you have to hold it with authenticity that's so important Okay, this is kind of unrelated. Well, it's related. Um, is there a time of year that's quiet? Like, is there a time of year that if someone wanted to do a launch and kind of, you know, still stand out from the noise, but have less competition? I, I'm not exactly sure if that's, if, if that's a thing in, in your world. 
It is. And it used to be that the holiday season towards the end of the year was uh, a blackout period. You know, don't do launches. Uh, nobody's around. But we all work from home now. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, people aren't vacationing. You know, they, maybe they're taking, you know, small jaunts, you know, to the country for a few days or, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. yeah. Or they're getting, a, um, you know, Airbnb somewhere for a week, but they're still working. So actually, the reverse is now true. You know, to do a launch mid-December or the third week of December is really a great time to do it now because there's not as many people launching and people's attention is there. Mm -hmm. If anything, a, a lot of people um, have more time on their hands to look and, you know, look at what your company is doing and attend a webinar um, in December in those typically quiet months. Mm -hmm. For instance, this week we were just chatting about CES, right? Yeah. And it's virtual this year, you know, and I've advised some clients of mine had wanted to go out and launch this week and I advised them not to, mm -hmm. because even though CES is virtual, it's still CES, mm -hmm. but it, it's looking like maybe it wasn't such an attention getter, you know, mm -hmm. this week. So we're all learning. Yeah. I think also there's, it, it's, it's, it's interesting with how um, with, with, with PR especially, you have to really like be mindful of the news cycle and the news mm -hmm. cycle over the past, I mean, for 2020, the news cycle was a roller coaster. So yeah. you never knew what was going to hit next. If you think it could be a quiet day and then it was the biggest spike of coronavirus in this, in this place and everyone was covering it. Um, right. So it's so unexpected. Um, is there, in your, in your experience, for something like that, say that you were going to have a client that was going to launch, say tomorrow, and then tomorrow the news was something crazy happened in the news. How, mm -hmm. how, what do you do in terms of pivoting when something like that happens, when you have a planned launch on the same day? I do um, launches in stages now. So instead of, you know, one planned day and a full force show um, throughout the day, um, you know, we'll do it in a three week phases, mm. you know, we'll mm -hmm. start with, um, you know, pre briefings with, uh, specialized press friendlies press who, um, will get the story out there and then we'll pivot off of that and piggyback on that with a social media, digital campaign mm -hmm. and then partnerships and webinars. So that way you're not corralled into the one day formulaic, um, this is the day we're launching because the news, I, and I was a former newspaper reporter, the news has been so unpredictable. Mm -hmm. And not only that, um, it, this year there's been a lot of news and it's been actually quite advantageous for um, public relations because there's a lot of stories trending that normally wouldn't trend that you can pivot from you know, or piggyback off of. So mm -hmm. that's my answer to that. And the other one thing I'd like to cover is I'm considered a, a specialist in crisis communication. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I've done quite a, quite a bit of that. And I've noticed that a lot of the principles around crisis communication, it used to be that we'd write a plan just in case, you know, in case of crisis, break glass. Yeah. But uh it's interesting that a lot of the elements of a crisis communication program are now generalized parts of a regular PR program because of the same, because of the very point you made. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I know for sure it's part of my strategy on the digital side, you know, yeah. we have, 
I mean, when we were in, when we were when we were working in the actual our brick and mortar agency, you know, we were we had a, a monitor going with news all the time because you never know if something was going to happen. Or we had when we have different um, programs that we do that follow trends and follow what's that trending hashtag and story and all that kind of stuff. And um, we learned very quickly how fast the news cycle started to move once the once yes. coronavirus hit in that last year. And um, it's just amazing. I mean, I could literally be, I, I was talking to somebody, pre, I think in one of our previous episodes, and it was, I was on um, conference calls um, during a big, and a big news story hit. And I was so, I had no idea that the, the, the news story was hitting and it was really affecting a lot of people. And um, a client of mine said, hey, can we, can we go dark on social media for the next 72 hours? And I'm like, what the hell's going on? Wow. <laughs> and, and then I looked and I was like, oh my God, something big is happening right now. So it's just, it's, you, you have to be really, really on your toes at this yes. point. So we yeah, been- you have to expect the unexpected. And I mean, I'll give you a crazy example. Um, I wrote the crisis communication handbook for Domino's pizza. Okay. And, and I mean, it was so granular. We had next steps, what to do if the media calls you if someone choked on a mushroom. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was just <laughs> incredibly granular. And at the time, it seemed, you know, over the top. And But it was one of those things, like I said, you know, it's a fire extinguisher and down the hall in case a fire breaks out. Mm-hmm. But you have to kind of have that mindset now, you know, just just like the great, you know, story you just told, you're on a conference call and then something crazy happens. And, and it's just, you know, I think it's going to get crazier. And I, I'm so thankful for my experience in a daily newspaper room, a daily newsroom, um, because it's the same type of, you know, um, environment where, something could come flying through a window and you just expect it, that it could happen any minute. And, you know, you have to take advantage of it and you have to evaluate it quickly, right? Mm-hmm. Plan and plan for it. Right. So what, another question for you, what's the, uh, what's the best way to make yourself a thought leader in your industry? You know, getting back to that authentic voice, yeah. um, that's important, but also being reliable. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that um, the press will always go to those same sources that have had an authentic voice, mm-hmm. a credible voice, and have been reliable. Those are the three keys to being a thought leader. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to engage with the media, and not only when it's to your advantage, right? Um, right interact with them on social, you know, comment on their, on their pieces, add and offer insight to their reporting. Um, that makes you stand out. And also, um, you know, being available when they need a source is really important too. Um, I've noticed a real difference with clients who are re- willing and ready to drop anything to talk to a reporter and those who aren't. Um, and the reporters, they never forget that they will, you, the next time they do a story, you'll, you'll be the first one they call because they know that you will provide great comment, um, will be insightful, um, and reliable and your voice is authentic. And I think another, a really good example of that is, um, I was working with, um, another agency and they were giving, we were, you know, how, when, 
when we all get together, we commiserate and <laughs> we share stories. Yeah. And um, they were telling a story of a client and a client who they were trying to make into a thought leader. And every time the pr they got a press opportunity that they presented to the client, um, mm -hmm. they either responded 24 hours later to that inquiry, or they said, this doesn't seem like a good fit. Yeah. And he here's what I say to that. Get your ass in gear. If someone wants <laughs> to talk to you, find an angle, find yes. your expertise. Yeah. And and I'm going to actually add some um, super top secret tip here yeah. that I would never share anywhere else, but on your show, because <laughs> you're so lovely and so wonderful. No, thank um, you. I was a political newspaper reporter. So I know how politicians are trained to work with the media. And this is the best tip I ever got. And I transferred this to the corporate world. Mm -hmm. No matter what question is asked, you answer with your positioning statement. Mm -hmm. So even if on the surface, it doesn't seem like a good fit, you still answer with, you know, your positioning, right? Your branding. Um, and I'll give you an example. Uh, mm -hmm. And reporters appreciate this too, and bloggers as well. They're looking for different ideas. Mm -hmm. And and don't be shy about giving your opinion and say, you know, I understand you want to cover this and that you want to write about this. However, did you consider X? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and I've seen so many reporters totally scrap their story mm -hmm. and change the angle and rewrite it, you know, in mm -hmm. in support of that company's branding and positioning because of that. Yeah, so that yeah. yeah it's it's a knee-jerk reaction to say well this isn't in our wheelhouse right and i do get that from clients and i counsel them i say well you know you're the expert here you know you should be advising the reporter that you know there are other considerations mm -hmm. right to be covered in the yep. story and i do that as well mm -hmm. sure yeah i i think it's i think that's wonderful advice because there are i mean let's be honest for myself personally when I get any sort of media requests, so, uh, sometimes it's kind of, it's not necessarily something that it's 100% in my wheelhouse, right. but I understand how that directly relates to something in my wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. So you'll try to, I try to present those angles and you're right. right. When you do do that, sure. whether they come back and use you for that story or they come directly back and just use you and interview you right. for the story on that topic, it's, mm -hmm. it's pretty amazing. And, and I've had I've had instances, and I know because I know how publishing works, mm -hmm. is if it's compelling enough, they'll write a sidebar to their story. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, here's what we covered, but this is also something to consider. And actually, that's a better positioning for your brand sure. because, you know, it's highlighted as a sidebar story. And I've, I've uh, had clients do that as well. Yeah, I, and I think that it's it, it's really important if you're trying to become a thought leader or position yourself as an expert that mm -hmm. you answer every media inquiry that you're given by your PR yes. company. I, I think it's, yes. you know, there's, for me, sometimes they will, um, I will be asked to do case studies where I have to name my clients and do screenshots of their campaigns, and, and I'm not comfortable with that, but... Mm -hmm. I, um, aside from that, I will talk about anything. And if someone sends me a media request, I'm going to answer it 
within an hour if I possibly can. And, you know, it's, it's a discipline that you have to have, but if you are going to engage a PR company, you need to understand that you need to be ready to get off your ass and do the work because they're, they're getting you the opportunity and they're, they're basically handing it over in a plate. All you got to do is answer it. That's right. All you got to do is answer it. And three points about this. And if you are going to him and ha and, oh, I don't know. And I'm, I'm one of these people that likes to mill over my answers yes. for a couple of days. Why don't you hold off on PR for a little while until <laughs> you're able to really take advantage? Because this is, I'm, I don't know if I'm like telling tales out of school, but clients that are like that tend to be the ones that complain about not getting any coverage. Am I right. right? Yes. Yes, it's true. Yeah. And, and there are ways to get around it. And I, you know, I always going to recommend that you go with a PR agency that's got newspaper background because, mm-hmm. you know, good, solid writer, people that have been in that environment, um, we can take some comments that you've made in the past and we can, re, you know, we can rewrite them for the story. All we need is your sign off. Um, so there's never anything lost. Right. Mm-hmm. And any comments that you prepare or send to us, um, they can always be reused and repurposed, right? For social media, for blogs, um, byline articles. So it's always to your advantage to try to answer. Um, and when you think about it, um, the press are the people who have their, their finger on the pulse mm-hmm. of what's happening. So if they're asking these questions, and you don't feel prepared or that you don't feel that you can answer, you have to ask yourself why that is. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, they're serving their audience, which vicariously is, you know, prospects and customers of yours, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a really good, um, like canary in the coal mine. Yeah. Trust are, are really good at, um, you know, seeing which way maybe you should be pivoting or marketing or positioning to. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um Okay, so let's let's talk about okay <laughs> the ROI because uh, <laughs> there's there's nothing more than I love talking to on an initial call with a, a prospective client than ROI um, yeah. because obviously there we have to tell them that there's there's many different factors at play um, right. and no one likes to hear that but <laughs> is there uh, what okay how would you answer a, a client a prospective client or a client that would would say this to you is there any way I can get more leads through PR Yes. Um, PR people don't like this question. They don't like to say yes. <laughs> Nobody does. I'm one of the few that does. Um, I've been in a position early on where I work with tech startups mm-hmm. that have no money, very lean, and they need to eke out every dollar they spend everywhere for maximum results. Yeah. And because I've been doing this for so long, I've seen a pattern of certain placements that drive qualified leads in certain publications. And I know what those publications are. So what I'll do is I'll just be laser focused on those one or two publications for getting placements and they will see a hockey stick. You know, they'll see their leads, their qualified leads go up and it does have a direct impact. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's, it's really important to work with, you know, smart people, like you on the digital side to complement that, right? Because, um, you know, you can only get so much mileage and steam out of a placement, Mm -hmm. but you really, the way you just really magnify that through digital campaigns and social media, it's really important. But yeah, Mm -hmm. there are certain activities you can take that will drive significant 
um, qualified leads, you know, and awards are, are a very key yes. um, driver of that as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we like to call it window dressing. You know, you go to a website and, or, you know, you go to a social media page and you see all these awards and think, wow, they must be doing something right. They're getting all these awards. <laughs> so um, that can, that can really help qualify leads too. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it, it, it's interesting because a lot of, a lot of people don't think that PR, well, number one, I think a lot of people believe that all PR firms um, do social media as well, or um, the digital side of things. Yeah. And that isn't always the case. And sometimes right. um, I, what I saw was when I started my agency, um, like a, over a decade ago, it was um, PR firms were seeing, uh, national PR firms were seeing that social media was a big thing. So they were just hiring college students and then saying that they were offering it as, as a service. Aww. And they didn't yeah. really necessarily understand how any of it worked because guess what? Nobody really did. We were all figuring right. it out at the same time. But they, because it was um, a, a firm with a really reputable name, I'm going to go to you for your social media first because you do everything else so wonderfully. And um, what's kind of shaken out over time is that PR firms do PR really well and digital right. firms do digital really well. Right. So um, this is something that I believe and that's why I, I love partnering with PR firms on campaigns because it's seamless. You know, yes. it's, mm -hmm. there's, it, it, and I think a lot of people, and I mean, I'm speaking for myself, I'm, I'm hoping other digital markers aren't assholes and don't, and don't think that this is <laughs> true, but I like working with PR agencies because it, because we can feed off one another. I can say, these are the results that we're getting from this target yes. audience. Maybe this is something that could be a, a lead for you. Or you, you could be saying, hey, these are the lifestyle publications that I'm going to be aiming for, or these are the yeah. tech. And then I can go in and you could say here, and here's the tear sheet for their, um, for the readership. And then I can right. take that and put that into their advertising um, on social or whatever. So it's like, it's, it's a, it's a simpatico relationship and it really mm -hmm. does tell the full story. Um, and, and, and especially with, with, with lead generation, um, one of the things yeah. too, the digital component is where those leads going to be captured. So if you're using in your, in your, in your byline is, you know, your website and your phone number, who's answering that phone and does your website look like a piece of shit or is it a conversion ready? Right. And, and those are two big things as well, especially, I think this hap this is a, something that hampers down a lot of startups that are, have so many like plates spinning on sticks. Mm -hmm. um, and, but something just to, just to kind of throw out there as a plus for everyone listening, if you are going to engage a PR company or a digital marketing company, you really should make sure that you're looking at your website first to make sure that yes. it's, it, it is a credible looking website. And guess what? If you're looking at it and you think that it's credible, get a second opinion. <laughs> get a second opinion. I, I, yes. I, I, I'm, I'm paid to tell people the truth. That's right. So, yeah, so important. And, and that's exactly what Brenda and I do when we're doing consultations with clients. We have to, right. we're not doing, it, it's funny because sometimes Brenda, I feel like I'm doing a shakedown. And, <laughs> and, it, it, and I was like, hey, I said, I, I, I'm and comfortable and with that. You know, you're from what? You're from uh, Pittsburgh. I'm from Detroit. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's kind of like, hey, that's great. That's great. So what's, what's the truth though? Uh, right. Yes. And, and, yeah. Yeah. But it's, you know, and, and I tell people, I say, you know, and, and this is a very Detroit thing, you know, we can do this the easy way or the hard way. The easy way <laughs> is you tell me, the hard way is the press will always find out. 
the truth, right? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's easier to tell me right up front. I mean, I'll give you an example. Um, we were tapped by Tinder to do a launch, to a, a, a major launch mm -hmm. in, um, in September of last year. Mm -hmm. And it was a pivot. They were going into the film film industry, movie production. Um, okay. Yeah, and it was so important. And they had everything in place, but the one thing they could not find was someone who had the relationships with the key top um, tier one ABC networks in New York. And when they found me and, and they hired our team, they said they could not find anyone who did media relations that, that had this, this yeah i was i was a little surprised and yeah. um you know i think it might be that there are certain fields and trades that are like crafts mm -hmm. that you know are a lost art a little bit um so we put them in front of every major tier one um network and um news outlet in new york ap reuters they were very happy the ceo it was all ceo um driven and um, they had a very successful launch. But what happened was um, there was a spy on one of the movie sets and they had signed um, you know, a, a binding contract that they wouldn't talk about. Well, they went to the media, they went to Reuters oh. and they spilled the beans about what was going on and what um, Tinder was doing. And Reuters called me and they said they were gonna run the story, oh, right? Wow. And there was total panic. So this is what I mean that, um, you know, the crisis communication elements come into even just, mm -hmm. we were hired for simple media relations, set up these appointments and we're a go. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we were able to manage that and um, negotiate. And, and especially when the press know that you're a former newspaper reporter, they're less likely, yeah. right, to try to um, manipulate you mm -hmm. so we were able to manage through that and the story was delayed you know i negotiated to at least delay the story after the launch and everything was okay but it is an art you know yeah. it really kind of is an art um and um it's a very specialized uh art media relations i think it, you know it really is and i think that what or just a i always like to try to give advice without being self-righteous, right? If I'm self-righteous, whatever. Um, it, yeah. I, I, I think that when you're, when, if you are a client and you are engaging an agency, whether it, especially for PR, but also for digital, um, you should really be honest completely down to the, down to the ground about everything. And, okay. and, and I think it's also good to, uh, obviously if you, if you're squeaky clean and you have nothing to worry about, obviously that's easy to be honest, but um, be honest also with what goals that you're looking for and what you're expecting out of the yes. campaign. Expectations because, are really important. Yeah, it's it's really important because I have, and I say this all the time, and this is just, I, I mean, everyone that's listening to this is probably tired of hearing this, but um, uh, the number one thing that prospective clients will ask me when it comes to a digital social media campaign is that I want a lot of visibility. Visibility and credibility are the number one things that I'm looking for on social media. Hmm. And I always say, wonderful, you got it. And I build their campaign in a phase one, phase two. And the phase one is all about credibility and visibility, but I'm already building phase two, which is lead generation. Because right. um, branding and visibility in my world is 
Chinese food and in 30 minutes you're hungry. So yes, I have to give them a steak. So I put the steak underneath the Chinese food, <laughs> serve it up to them. I love it. So they're covered. Um, and but this, but this is one of the things too. If yes. you're looking to if you're looking for more business, you can be upfront about that with with agencies because yes. then we can see. Okay, well, this is what you're going to be looking at. So these are the these are the metrics that I have to be playing with, and these are the types of things that I'm going to be going for. But if it's kind of like I just want visibility, yeah, visibility all day long. But then when it's like, hey, this is great. You've got me some great coverage, but I'm not getting any business out of this. <laughs> and it's like, oh, well, you never said that you want a business. And then the answer, the next thing that said is, oh, well, that's just implied. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was it's, like, oh, you may. <laughs> oh, may is right. Yeah. You know, and I hate to say this on the show, but I'm going to do it because we're, we're good friends. It's like, this would be a great business if it weren't for clients. And, <laughs> and that's, usually, that's usually something that's mm. talked about amongst agency people. But, you know, the reason why it's funny to us mm. is because um, we've had our share of clients who, you know, I, I mean, I've had calls like, well, when am I going to be on the cover of Time Magazine, Right. And I literally have gotten clients on the cover of New York Times. Like I, I am a person who can do this, mm -hmm. um, which is somewhat rare. And yeah. I still tell them, I say, well, you know, you know, I joke around and say, well, you know, you either have to kill someone, you know, or, and, and we don't want that, but it's a, it's a learning process, right? So I see so much of my role as an educator too, just like you do, yeah. you know, about how you're, you're already building in, you know, the steak under the Chinese food because you're anticipating this. Mm -hmm. And they, and I love to teach and I love to mentor and, um, you know, learn and grow the client. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's really important. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think that, you know, when in, in our world, the ideal client is somebody who is honest, that is, is knows what mm -hmm. they want to achieve. Right. And yeah understands and is open to understanding and learning about the yeah. process. And I think that that's, that's that is the best because then we're able to pivot. We're able to organically move through things. Yeah. We're able to stop at any point and explain something with it. Yeah. And it's kind of, they have an open mind so they can kind of go, Oh, I see what you're trying right. to do. You know, and I've, I've been on board of directors. I've been a corporate officer of multinational companies. Um, you know, I've grown a company from a hundred million, from a hundred thousand to a hundred million in seven years. One of the most successful startups in tech and we were, you know, entrepreneur of the year nationally. So um, I understand, you know, I understand what your fears are, what your needs are, mm -hmm. you know, um, but this is what's really important is a 10,000 foot view goes a long way, right? Towards mm -hmm. strategizing and planning. So, a lot of companies I work with, the ones who are most successful, they know who and what they want to be three years out, five years out, and they're upfront and honest with me about it. Yep. You know, for instance, I work with, a, um, I launched uh, a chain block company that did healthcare on Bitcoin. Okay. Mm -hmm. And they were very upfront with me. The guy was like 20 years old. He's a maverick entrepreneur in New York. And, you know, he had, Companies like CVS, 
you know, wanting to buy them. And he said, I want to sell this company in three months. I don't want to even, you know, I want to walk away. And sure enough, I got them in US News and World Report and a few other tier one magazines. And they got the attention of a Chinese investor who bought them for a hundred million cash and he walked away. Wow. So that's what's, I think that's what's really important. And going back to how you kicked off our conversation is yeah. about being honest, right? Um, and, and so I was able to tailor a program for that business result, right? And it's not always going to be, you know, PR is not just a hot button to success yeah. by any means, right? But um, when you're upfront and honest with the people you're working with, doesn't matter if it's, you know, product design or marketing, um, your results will be better. And something else too, this is something that I've, I've kind of seen, um, kind of like a misconception about PR that I've had to explain to some people, but I'm, I'm curious if you've seen this before in your experience, I'm sure you might have. Um, uh, people coming to you um, as a PR expert in order for, to create their identity and mm -hmm. to just, to, to, they didn't know how, they don't know how to express themselves. They don't know who they are really. And it's mm -hmm. almost like they, they're having an identity crisis and they're turning to you to fix that. Yeah. Um... That's a tough one, mm -hmm. um, only because, you know, I, I used to say the press, but now I should say everyone. Everyone is the press. You know, social media has made everyone a news person. Yep. And um, I, I used to be able to kind of uh, stitch that together, but now you can't because um, people are savvier. They're more sophisticated. Uh, audiences um, can ferret out things faster. And um, if you don't know who your true authentic self is, that will show. Yes. Yes. So um, I used to be able to cloak that somewhat. Mm -hmm. I'll give you an example. Um, I, I, I nearly had a heart attack. I did my best to, of course, uh, create the best optics for a software company that I was a board member for. And I went to a, um, a very important party. Bill Gates was there all of them mm -hmm. and editor of the most powerful magazine at the time came up to me and he said you know honey he said um you know i really adore you but you know your boss is an asshole <laughs> so if you're ever looking you know let me know you know bill gates is looking for a pr person and i just thanked him and i pivoted off to the side of the room and i thought how am i going to fix this they can see it you know that the guy is a jerk right brilliant guy you know but and this was before steve jobs right and everybody knew that he was well people in our industry in tech you know he's an asshole but he's a brilliant asshole yeah so they'd forgive that but um yeah that was interesting right so but that was his true authentic self right mm -hmm. and i was trying to cloak that a bit and so what I did was we went back and we pivoted a bit and we, we basically, he's a brilliant, he was a brilliant guy, brilliant programmer, but we removed him from interfacing with the media. We yeah. just had to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Some things you just can't fix, right? Yeah. Well, that was a way to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. And we do this, we, we tend to do the same thing um, in terms of uh, uh, spokespeople trying to use a spokesperson if we're using one to go out on social um we tend to interview the two people the people that they the company will provide and after we can 
talk to both of them, we understand which one is going to be the most personable and open to opportunities as opposed yeah. to being kind of thumbing their nose at everything that comes their way rather than seeing the opportunity in it. Right. Yes. And uh, so, yeah, so I could totally understand that. Um, another thing is this, oh, this question. Okay. <laughs> this question, this is another one that drives me, it drives me crazy, but, and, and I, and, and I want everyone to understand that's listening to this. It drives us crazy because it's, it's really frustrating because we, we want everybody to understand how this works, <laughs> how the, how the wheel works. <laughs> right. And we just really want everyone to understand it because it's, it's kind of like, it's a language that we know really well and we don't expect everybody to know it, but we kind of think that maybe someone would have gleaned something or did some research to understand it. But <laughs> regardless of that, um, another question for you, Brenda, is how fast can I expect to see traction from a PR campaign? Is that gonna be next week, right? Yeah, yesterday, yeah. I was and, gonna, and, are you gonna get me on the cover of, uh, are you gonna get me on the Today Show? I wanna be on next really? week. Yes, Oprah. Well, it used to be Oprah. It used to be Oprah, right. yeah. Or Oprah's yeah. Book Club or Dr. Oprah Phil. Magazine, my favorite uh, yeah. things. Right. You know, um, it's interesting because we kind of kicked off the call offline about this. Um, <laughs> it's It depends on how engaged you are, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen there is a, a real difference uh, working with executives who are just Johnny on the spot or Jill on the spot with press call and they get more momentum, they get more traction, they get more leads, they get more notice, they get everything. They get everything and, and, and they're passionate and those who are passionate. So it's a really, it's a, it's uh you know, it takes two to tango. Yeah. To use an old worn out phrase. Um, I, and I used to say, I can set up the bowling pins for you but you have to you have to have a ball in your hand and, and roll it down. You know, might be a gutter ball occasionally, but at least you're out there, mm -hmm. you know, and you're trying. You don't win unless unless you participate. So participation is real important. And I think also, you know, in, in terms of how fast you can expect traction, this is where it's it's really good to have an integrated marketing mm -hmm. strategy. Um because yes. If you're using PR for everything, and then it's like, okay, well, phase one, I'm only gonna do PR. Phase two, I'm only gonna do digital. Phase three, oh, yeah. I mean, this isn't this isn't like 1993. I mean, it's like this right. is not how it works. They're all so, legs of a stool, and if you don't have one of the legs, you'll fall over. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So how fast? You know, I mean, it could happen in a week, right? If you're committed and passionate um, and engaged. Um, and, and we've gotten so in public relations in our field that we can um, be really granular about how we're going to phase into a launch or into a notoriety, you know, and attention for you. Um, and I've actually found that most, most people don't want to move so fast, right? right. They want to ease into things. Um, and, I, and I'm always um, really clear and communication is so important letting them know what to expect and when to expect it i'm a big believer in timelines and you know with the caveat of this could slide or this could you know pivot a bit mm -hmm. but i think it's really important to um be able to throttle that type of attention because i've actually been in situations where um, i launched a product and three months later they won best of show at the biggest 
at the biggest um, convention in the world. Mm-hmm. And they, they simply weren't prepared for it on the back end in terms of logistics. I mean, in terms of everything. Right. So um, these are real important things to consider. And, and this goes back to, you know, sharing that 10,000 foot view mm-hmm. with, you know, the, the people that are your partners, like yourself and PR people. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And just to even like from my own experience, when I've hired PR firms in the past to do um, campaigns for me, um, it could be that I would get featured, I would get a, I would get a Forbes interview in week one, and then I wouldn't mm-hmm. get anything for four months. And then four months, I get Inc., an entrepreneur or Fast Company or yeah. Ad Age or something. And it's like, those are all massive hits, but they didn't all happen, boom, 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 boom off the bat. You know, right. it was the relationship of the PR person that helped get that placement initially yes. so yeah. fast. And I understood mm-hmm. that and I don't give a shit. I love the placement and um, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm in. Forbes, I'm in, but the uh, but the rest of them took time. And what did happen between then and the the first placement, and then the second one? I right. answered maybe like fifty or sixty media inquiries. Yes. I had phone interviews with journalists. I I yeah. I tried, and guess what? I talked to all of those people that placed me early for unrelated articles. But I was I was kind. I was prompt. I was yes. there when they called me. I didn't waste their time. I was right. I was really dense with information, and mm-hmm. I, I I was prepped. Yes. My my PR person told me exactly what kind of these are the things, and this is how you should do it. These this and is there's how they, another type of PR that takes that to the next level. And I'll give you an example. Yes. Um, most PR people are reactive, right? They wait for an opportunity. They they you know they'll they'll look at you know their 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 vendor. Um, programs and look for stories that reporters are writing and if you're a fit it's very reactive Um, when you get a really good PR person who has newsroom experience they will create those opportunities for you and I'll give you an example I have a client that does um, ransomware protection in the security space Mm -hmm. and I because of my newspaper background I was thinking you know what these bad guys are probably going to try to take down some of these pharma companies that are working on a vaccine. Right. This could be bad. And my client prevents this. Mm-hmm. So it really does come from a, uh, a very high level altruistic place where mm-hmm. I'm thinking to myself, where could these bad operators move next? Right. So I called up my buddy at CNBC and I said, you know, everyone's writing, all of your colleagues are writing about you know, pandemic, pandemic, this was in April. And they're writing about how businesses are coping. I said, you know what's gonna happen next? You know, one of these bad operators is gonna go take, try to take down a, a Lily, you know, mm-hmm. or a Pfizer yeah. with ransomware. And then the whole world is going to be in a very bad place. And he says, oh my gosh, I didn't think of that. I'm gonna write a story about that. Mm-hmm. So we created this opportunity and of course our client you know was quoted extensively throughout the story in may and it led to other stories you know so um you know all the other press jumped on the bandwagon so that really is you know next what i call next level public relations something else i want to add into that we were kind of touching on this is kind of like an offshoot um sometimes the placements in these holy grail type publications or even television shows 
are not the be all and end all of um, results. And, you know, this is something that I've seen over the years. I've seen very clearly over the years. I mean, I've had tons of clients that have been on the Today Show, Good Morning America. They've been featured in Oprah's Favorite Things list. They've been in Martha Stewart Magazine. They've been in all of these places where they, and and I mean, how many of them have been in gift lists? Like all of them. Mm -hmm. They don't, it's not the, it's not, it's it's like a windfall for a very short period of time. And And it's kind of, that's your wave. So it's some, it's sometimes it's, those aren't the best places. Right. Maybe those audiences are not as super engaged as you believe they are based off yeah. of the branding and the brand name associated with it. Right. Yeah. I got a placement like that once and I went um, and I talked to the director of sales and I said, have, I mean, it was a huge PR win, huge corporate win. And I said, you know, how you get any calls on that? He says, not one. So, you know, and I, I call it surround sound PR. Yes. Every, everywhere you turn, you should see or hear about your company. Yep. So it comes from the ground up. It comes from the bottom down. It comes from the sides. It's like um, the surround sound effect. So, you know, you should be yeah targeting those, you know, Uber to tier one publications. But there's also, for instance, getting back to the, the pharmaceutical ransomware, you know, CNBC ran that story, but there's all these vertical mm-hmm. publications and outlets that go straight to hospital executives, Yes, you know, who are running healthcare organizations and, you know, and they will more likely read about it in their pubs and they would necessarily see it on CNBC. So, you know, you really need to get that echo effect going. Yeah. And I mean, also, even if you're thinking about like uh, one of the th- big things that we were dealing with a lot over the, the uh, holiday season, the fourth quarter was making it um, uh, really amplifying placements in Christmas lists. And, mm. um, and there's Christmas lists on every publication and every different um, show and every <laughs> every syndicated show. And um I remember one client had a major placement um, in the view and they were really, they were really excited about it. And um, no, they were excited about getting into it. And um, I was saying, I was saying to them, I said, you know, this is, this is exciting, but you paid for this placement. So it was a paid placement. So how are we going to look at how that uh, is going to create an ROI? You know, what did you get off the back of it? And it wasn't anything worth it because Uh, if I'm watching, if I'm watching, I don't want to be in the view. Let's just say, say example. I'm not watching it for gift ideas. I, I right. don't know about you. I don't know. Yes, it, it, right. I'll, you know, I'll give you another example. I used to do product placement in Hollywood with Hollywood films. You know, I have a lot of friends in the film industry. I'm originally from LA. And um, well, you were in a few you yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, I mean, it's it's kind of like a nice thing, right? But it, it's not necessarily going to drive sales or visibility. For instance, you know, during the Seinfeld days, um, I had a friend that worked on the set and they go, you know, I was looking for props, you know, you have some software boxes we can throw on desks. And, and sure enough, you know, people who already knew about us saw it and thought it was really cool, mm-hmm. you know. But, um, you know, and I worked a lot with Paramount and MGM Studios and I did a lot with... Um, uh, a different independent studios too, and getting product placements, yeah. you know, computers, a lot of times they'll need computers on desks and laptops and, mm-hmm. um, you know, or cell phone. But, um, 
you know, it doesn't make a campaign, right? It's just another, right, another flavor of building visibility that's multi-layered, multi-layered. And I would never pay for them, right? Mm -hmm. If yep. it was something that, you know, like, you you know, the view was pay, pay for play, yeah. you know, if you're willing to give product, you know, that's one thing, but I would never pay. Mm -mm. No, I, I don't, I don't really feel like the return is, is there. And I also feel like with, with pay placements, sometimes that they are, um, they're, they're just investing in the show's production. So it's, it, it just doesn't feel, yes. um, it, it doesn't feel like they are, they are given the same sort of respect as another segment would be. Um, right. But, um, but moving on, um, another thing, uh, one of the last questions I have for you, Brenda, is um, from the audience said, how do I know I've got a solid PR program in terms of deliverables? Yeah. It, it, this is kind of that um, space and time continuum, right? Question <laughs> again about how fast can I get notoriety and how do I you know, measure deliverables? Um, I think what's really important is you know, for both parties to understand what the goals are and the expectations right. within that 10,000 foot view. So um, some things you really can't measure. There are some, you know, there's a, a lot of companies that will ask for KPIs. Yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, you can reasonably say that you get this many guest articles or guest columns and, you know, placements, but really what you need to look at are what are your business goals? You know, at, what are you trying to achieve? And going back to that example of um, the, the young entrepreneur who said, you know, three months, I want to sell this and walk away. Mm -hmm. um, you know, how do you work backward from that 10,000 foot view and deliver that? And it, there are no guarantees, right? As you know, but um, when all of the moving pieces are working together, the odds are that the deliverables will be met you know, within, you know, 60 to 80% probability, right. you know, that's been my experience. Um, <clears throat> and I think it's important to be realistic, right? Um, there is a lot of science behind what we do, mm -hmm. right? And a lot of it's proven, but there's also a magic element to it. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll give you an example. Um, I'm, I'm good friends with uh, Steve Wozniak, just, you know, never really worked with him before, but we're connected. Mm -hmm. And I had a client that was launching <clears throat> one of the first telemedicine platforms. Okay. And it just so happened that at their major conference, Steve Wozniak was giving the keynote, go figure. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I mean, it was just happenstance. So, you know, I called him up. I said, hey, Steve, you know, I've got two doctors, clients that are launching telemedicine. And he got all excited. And he's like, oh, I think that's a future and I, you know, I'd love to meet with them. So I set up a lunch in San Francisco and no, never made any promises. They just had a really nice lunch. Didn't, we didn't ask him to do anything. And he got up on stage, you know, it's being beamed all over the world. And then he gets all excited and he says, you know, I just had lunch with these people and they're, they're doing these amazing things. Wow. And it's cook care, and and I I'm gonna sign up, and you should too. Oh wow! You know, and so there are those magic magic moments. Yeah. And um, you know, as much as you want to talk about structure and deliverables and expectations and strategies, there's still that little you know, bluebird chance that things like that happen. 
So it goes back to your saying about being open-minded. Mm-hmm. So important. It is. It's, it's so funny because we this the same thing happened to us um, recently. I think it was end of November. It was number of November, December. And um, we were we were just we weren't actively reaching out to influencers for one of our clients because of the time of year. And it was just, you know, everybody was already booked up because even with influencer marketing, you kind of have to go ahead of the holiday season because they kind of book out a lot of their spots. So we wanted to um, use the advertising dollars in a different way. Regardless, out of the blue, because we were doing the marketing, we had high visibility for the client. Um, this, uh, the, the hairdresser who works exclusively, exclusively with Kim Kardashian, Christy Teigen, and uh, I mean like a whole bunch of other mega, mega yeah. influencer accounts. She was like, hey, I was wondering if we could get some copies of, of your product to put in my gift baskets. And, and obviously we were like, well, we were like, well, sh- uh, yeah, I, I, was, I was kind of like, I saw it and I was like, humana, 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 humana. how can I get on this quickly? <laughs> what can <laughs> right. I do? What can I do? How can yes. I make this bigger? How can I explode this? What can I do to amp this up? Yes. So, um, I, I, I asked if we could do any sort of um, shout out, but they were kind of like, no. And I was like, well, who are these, who are these going to be going to? And she's like, only my celebrity clients. I'm going to put you on with my assistant and he can help you out. And I said, okay, wonderful. So still working with the assistant, he gave me the list of the, the people that they were going to go to. Yeah. I was like, shit, send them, yes. send them five yes. of each. Anything they now. want. Right. Anything Influence want. the influencer. Yeah. And just, and that one influencer had 7.1 million followers yes. on Instagram yes. and the connections that they had had over like, I think a hundred million. Yeah. It's yeah. That echo effect, right. Yeah. You know, the surround sound, right. Or a lot of times I say, you know, if you drop that one stone into the pond, the ripple effect, it just goes everywhere. And they would never have had that if we weren't amplifying their message. Now, is it, is it because of that, that they saw it? Yes. That's why. Yes. But mm-hmm. um, in, in, if they didn't, they wouldn't have had that opportunity. Right. And the very, the very same with the client, this wasn't PR related, but they said, you know, we're going to be exhibiting. They let me know that was so important. They said, Brenda, just so you know, we're going to be going to our conference. I didn't know that. I'd never heard of this conference. You know, it's our annual conference and, you know, healthcare IT, and it sounded all so boring. And then they, I looked it up and I'm like, oh, Steve is keynoting, you know, well, let's mm-hmm. see what we can do. I'll call him up. But yeah, serendipity, right? Yeah, that's great. Being yeah. open and, and yeah, and amplifying, you know, being everywhere. Like I said, everywhere you turn, right? And, and, and also whenever I, whenever I start campaigning for a client, I'd say that, you know, there's going to be unexpected things that happen, whether good or bad. Mm-hmm. And there's going yep. to be things that you can expect, but there's going to be things that are going to be completely unexpected that um, we're going to come across. And we can't expect those things to happen again. But if they if they happen once, you know, hey, you know, let's take advantage of them as much as much as we possibly can. Exactly. So, Brenda, thank you so much for being on our show. Uh, I think we had uh, a really fantastic discussion. I think you helped um, really clear up a lot of the misnomers in terms of PR. Um, it, where can people learn more about um, your um, your agency? Well, um, we're a true social agency. Um, we don't even have a website. <laughs> we're on Facebook um, under Stellar Public Relations. So it's Facebook Stellar PR, and you can find us there. 
Excellent. And I'll put a link to that in the description of our show Thank so that you. you all can like check that out. Um, thanks again, Brenda, for uh, chatting with us today. Thank you. You're very welcome. In, in upcoming episodes of the Social Marketing Academy, we have a slew of experts lined up. Um, so keep your eye on our social media feed for um, just kind of insights as to who they are so you can come up with some questions that you can send over directly. Um, if you haven't already subscribed to our podcast, uh, get on it. Um, it's on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast. Um, if you see, if you, uh, you go into the app store and say podcast and the player, uh, will be in there. So just do that. Um, also, uh, we do, um, uh, live feeds of this as well. So there is a video feed. If you want to see all past episodes, go to our YouTube page, as well as our Facebook page. All of the links to this can be found on my website, um, for my agency, a digital marketing agency, the go agency it's go salesandmarketing.com. Again, that's go salesandmarketing.com and click on the social links in the right-hand corner. You'll figure it out. You're a smart bunch. Um, and while you're there, again, like I said, there's a pop-up with a free e-course defining your social media edge. Why the hell not? It's free. Go for it. And then we have a blog page and on the blog page are lots of inf uh, great blogs, I'm saying great because I wrote them, you know, I'm biased, <laughs> but, but actually I agree. <laughs> we, <laughs> we write, I write all of the, we write all of the, um, the blogs on that page with you in mind. So we are trying to help you elevate whatever you're doing online in terms of marketing. So it's worth a look if you want to discover some new topics or kind of just learn another, another way of doing something that you already know how to do. Everyone's looking for fresh ideas, right? So uh, again, folks, thank you so much for tuning in to the Social Marketing Academy. Again, Christopher Tompkins, your host, and take care. I'll talk to you next time.